From the Department of Surgery at the University of Wisconsin, welcome to The Surgery Set. I'm Jonathan Kohler, an assistant professor in pediatric surgery here in Madison, home of the Badgers. This is a podcast all about surgery and the individuals who are at the cutting edge of it, and we're glad you're here. Welcome to The Surgery Set. We've got a great episode for you today, but first, a quick plea. If you enjoy the program, please rate the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Podbean, Stitcher, or wherever you downloaded this podcast. It helps new listeners find us. It's a huge help. Thank you. Now, there are a few huge names in surgery, the ones you see on textbooks that everybody reads. And one of them is Dr. Seymour Schwartz. Dr. Schwartz is 90 now, a pioneer in medicine and the longtime editor of one of the world's leading surgery textbooks, Schwartz's Principles of Surgery. 2017 marked the 50th anniversary of the book's publication and Dr. Schwartz's 60th year on the faculty at the University of Rochester, where he spent his entire surgical career. Though before that, he also spent some time at the University of Wisconsin. He got his bachelor's degree here in 1947 and an honorary doctorate in 2000. Dr. Schwartz joined us to deliver the Lewis Bernhardt Lecture, focusing on his newest book, From Medicine to Manuscript, which details the lives of physician authors. Dr. Schwartz has become a champion of humanities despite, or maybe because of, not having read a novel until the middle of his surgical career. As you'll hear, in what he calls his post-operative phase, he himself became not just an author, but also a world-renowned cartographer. His other books include Gifted Hands, America's Most Significant Contributions to Surgery, and The Mapping of America. It was a true honor to have him as a guest, and I hope you enjoy our discussion as much as I did. Dr. Schwartz, thank you so much for making the trip to Madison to join us uh, today for an amazing Grand Rounds. Uh, it's such an honor to have in our presence one of the fathers of surgery, one of the, the great voices in American surgery. You obviously have an enormous surgical background and surgical career behind you as the editor of one of the principal textbooks of surgery. You were a practicing surgeon for a long time, and that's not what you talked about at all in your talk. You focused on post-operative period, you said, of, of your career, and I just think it is such a wonderful thing to have a surgeon come and talk to us, not just about the practice of surgery, but about the cognitive work that underlies everything that we do. Well, true, but I, I would emphasize, go back full circle, I'd emphasize that as a surgeon first, I love surgery. I love the OR, actually, and I hope I did it well. I, I fortunately lived through a time that I was able to operate three days a week as chair that no longer can exist. But when I decided I would not be operating again, uh, I had to look for something to occupy myself, uh, and uh, I'm fortunate to, uh, having had cartography as a hobby and learning the history of maps. It took me to history of medicine, uh, history of society, and then the whole concept of uh, the humanities, which I had absolutely no association with as an undergraduate student because it wasn't practical. My only goal as an undergraduate student in at the University of Wisconsin was to complete uh, the requirements to get into medical school. And uh, that was wrong. 
but it was the only thing I had to look for practically. And actually, I had not read a major novel or a major nonfiction book before I was in the Korean War. I was in the Mediterranean during the Korean War as a medical officer. I guess they wanted to win the war, so they sent me to the Mediterranean, <laughs> and I had a lot of time on hand. And that was your first real exposure to the humanities. Absolutely. How remarkable. Yeah, I, I really uh, considered myself uneducated as a pre-medical student. You told a great story about how it was that you arrived at, at cartography in your yeah, talk. That was yeah. my wife who came from New, was from New London, Wisconsin. She was the daughter of an immigrant, as I was, and the first member of her family who was educated, as I was. I owe a great deal to her, actually. Yeah. She gave you a, a secondhand book. She had an office downtown Rochester, and she was an established uh, OBGYN then uh, because it was a shorter residency and I had to spend two years in the military. Uh, so I didn't finish my residency until four years after she did. Hmm. She was in practice across the street and uh, bought this secondhand book on cartography. I truly had never seen the word. Wow. And that became not just a hobby, it's a passion. but a, a passion and something that you have subsequently become an expert and a published scholar on yourself. Well, nobody had done any major, well, they had done it, of course, but nobody had popularized the cartography of American history and the wars and the, air, the time of discovery, etc. So it was very exciting for me. How do you feel that that has influenced your practice of medicine? The how, how did becoming knowledgeable about cartography and the humanities change you as a doctor? I don't think it's influenced at all except giving me a relief and an appreciation there's something else. I've been That's been the question I've been asked more than any other question when mm. I've lectured I have to give a lecture shortly on what's called schizoid scholarship, a surgical scholarship and cartography. And the question is, has been posed innumerable times is, do you think the fact that you're a surgeon and you had interest in anatomy, that that's what drew you to maps? And my answer is no. Uh, I think that totally disassociates it. But... When I was preparing the lecture, I was looking for a concluding statement, and I came upon uh, a poem by John Donne, the famous John Donne from St. Paul's, and he said his doctor looked upon him as a map, as a chart. But uh, hmm. that was sort of uh, fishing and coming up with one example. But no, I think they were totally unrelated. Interesting. You've gone on to write a lot about the role of humanities in, the med in medicine. Right. Um, you're, you have a book just out uh, called From Medicine to Manuscripts, Doctors, a Literary Legacy, where you talk to 65 doctors from the 12, or talk about right. 65 right. doctors. Some of them were from the 12th century up through modern times. Uh, tell us a little bit about what, what you learned as, as you cataloged the literary work of 65 well, physicians. no set tone, obviously. They're interesting. Uh, 
But I learned a lot because uh, one of them, I think the third person I spoke about was Rabelais, which Rabelaisian is now an adjective in the America, in the English language, and it refers to bawdy and scatologic and sexual. But actually, he was practicing medicine by writing Gargantua and those uh, bawdy uh, novels, because at that time, this was in the 1500s, he graduated the University of Montpellier, at that time, they thought that disease was related to the humors in the body. Uh, either it was sanguine, choleric, melancholic. He thought that by making people laugh or changing their attitude, that was therapeutic. Hmm. I've heard that principle espoused even today. I think there's, right. there may be right. some truth to it, well, even though we can underpin it now with biochemistry. Yeah, I don't think yeah. we have, uh, haven't defined it, but... Yeah. I hadn't appreciated that before, and I learned a great deal about that. John Keats, for instance, who died at a very young age, at age 25, he was studying. First, he passed the apothecary exam, and he was studying to get become a member, first part, of the Royal College of Surgeons uh, in his studies when his brother became ill and his, uh, with tuberculosis, and then he gave up that possibility and went on and died at age 25. There was a poet laureate of England who was a physician, uh, and uh, you can go on and on. I, I learned when I do a non-surgical book, I'm the greatest beneficiary because I learn more. It does seem as though there's a value in, in knowing about the humanities to making you a better doctor, to, making, to helping you with the cognitive part of surgery? Absolutely. Oh, we've been very, at Rochester, where I've spent my whole academic career, uh, we have a great rare book library related to the first head of the library and the head of anatomy, George Corner, who went on to be the executive director of the American Philosophic Society. And we have a, every edition of Vesalius, which is the most beautiful anatomical book that was written. Interestingly, I have failed in getting my residents interested in looking at it. Uh, I think we've become less romantic about our studies of medicine mm. uh, and more goal-directed and concerned with the issues of time and uh, technology that uh, we're losing something, period. I don't want to say that times were better when I practiced. That's not true. I think medicine is better now and uh, it's more exciting. But a tincture of romance that can come with something other than medicine or surgery, I think, makes for a better doctor. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess in my own life, I come from a sort of a lineage of doctor artists. My, my great great grandfather was a practicing general physician, and then became a painter. And then my uh, my great uncle is a, was a neonatologist, and has but also just a passionate outdoorsman and pilot. And myself, I've always struggled a bit with that, like how my own interests are in, in narrative and storytelling, mm -hmm. and trying to find a way to fit that into my life as a surgeon has, has been one of the great challenges, but also one of the great joys of 
of my practice, and I've actually done a lot of work for television and film, trying to help them accurately but interestingly portray medicine. Well, you know, it's interesting because uh, you talk about now. I, I try to do a novel, and I can't. I guess I'm too restrictive, hmm. and uh, I wish I could. I tried to do some poetry, and I can't. But I do think that uh, narrative is very important. I've used a quote by Sir Francis Bacon uh, time and time again. The reason I write, uh, both medically and in the humanities, uh, Bacon, this is in the 17th century, uh, 18th century, 17th century, he said that Reading maketh a knowing man or a knowledgeable man, conversation a ready man, but writing an exact man. When you're putting it down for somebody else to read, then you better be sure that you're right. And that's the reason I write. And you write, as you said in your talk, you write iteratively. You wrote a textbook, and it wasn't completely correct, right? As we learned more, we, we rewrote we, and, and we put it down into print the best we know, right. with a willingness to change it as we go forward. But it's hard to do, as you're interested in, short story. Richard yeah. Seltzer, I think, was the best surgical short story writer that I've read. Mm -hmm. And uh, he gave up surgery to write. Yeah. It's hard to do. It's hard to, to do both. Well, I did do a little cartography writing before, but that was a, a fluke. The first book I wrote on cartography came out in 1980, I think, because, hmm. uh, and I did it with the head of the geography division of uh, the Library of Congress. I've had the time and had the good fortune of being able to carry it out uh, myself. And it, the most satisfied by this non-medical interest of myself gives me something to do. And, uh, but how do you think medicine and surgery impacted your ability to study cartography? Well, I don't think it's had any effect in cartography, yeah. really. Uh, I wouldn't They're make that... Totally effect. distinct I, spheres. Well, for me, I, my confession is I can't define why I became interested in cartography. Mm -hmm. I think it was chance. But uh, as far as writing is concerned, I'm not a facile writer. I don't write with ease, period. Mm -hmm. And uh, I do all my own uh, computer writing, uh, and I don't know how to type, so it's sort of the biblical system, seek and thou shalt find for each, uh, each uh, key. But uh, I think that slows me down to think. And uh, I wish I wrote more facilely people like Abraham Verghese, who writes brilliantly, and, and Mukherjee and Gawande and those, and uh, Krauthammer, these are all, mm -hmm. and Oliver Sacks, these are all extraordinary writer. I don't consider myself a good writer. I enjoy the scholarship most. Well, it's, it sounds a bit to me like surgery residency in that sense. You come in on the first day of internship, you don't really know what to do, but you know that if you apply yourself for 100 hours a week or 80 hours a week now and you just work at it, that you can actually achieve great fact, things. Our problem is now that most of our learning with our surgery, medical medical students, they don't like to read mm -hmm. the full page, really. 
Right. They're looking for a shortcut to reading. I always love to read the full page. Yeah. I think there's just no substitute. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, Dr. Schwartz, thank you again so much for joining us. You're back on, this is your almost the 75th anniversary, you said, of your first time in 74th. And actually, I came back, I came back to do research, I did my first research paper here with Dr. Lalish, who was professor of pathology. Uh, We worked on hemoglobinuric nephrosis and was published in a peer-reviewed scientific journal in 19... 50, I think. Wow. And he was great to me. And then uh, the whole university has been great to me. And then in 2000, shortly after my wife passed away, I received the honorary doctorate degree from the University of Wisconsin, which to me most meaningfully was for surgery and my contributions to cartography, which was uh, very meaningful. How fantastic. What an amazing story of multiple careers in a long life. This has been a great place for me. Yeah. I can't thank it enough, really. Wonderful. Well, thank you. Good. Next time on The Surgery Set, we speak with Dr. Catherine Chang. She's a clinical instructor at Northwestern University and a national authority on physician health and well-being. We tackle what is perhaps the most pressing issue in the medical workforce today, burnout. Don't miss it. <laughs> The Surgery Set is a production of the Department of Surgery at the University of Wisconsin-Madison. This episode was produced by Chelsea Johnson and me, Jonathan Kohler. It was recorded by Chris Hansen and edited by Elizabeth DiNovella. Our theme song is On Wisconsin, arranged and produced by Jamie Schmidt. I encourage you to visit us at surgery.wisc.edu, where you can find links to Grand Rounds, free CME credits, and more. You can also check out the UW School of Medicine and Public Health video library for a wide range of medical education resources at videos.med.wisc.edu. In addition, you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Podbean, and Stitcher. And of course, you can follow us on social media. You can like our Facebook page and also find us on Twitter at Whisk Surgery, and I'm at J.E. Kohler, K-O-H-L-E-R. Please feel free to let us know how we're doing, rate and review us on your podcast app, and don't hesitate to let us know of any topics you'd like us to cover. Thanks, and we hope you check back soon. On Wisconsin.